Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing our 2022 wild wild card week out wow wild card weekend round matchups here in the nfl if you guys live under a rock and don't pay attention to the nfl you'd obviously know that the nfl playoffs do start today with two games going the seattle seahawks the san francisco 49ers the chargers and the jaguars all playing three games on sunday giants vikings dolphins bills ravens Bengals, and monday the cowgirls take on the buccaneers Today, I'm going to give you my full playoff bracket as well as give you my analysis for each game. So I'll do my full playoff bracket at the end of the podcast so I don't spoil each matchup, particularly on this show where the Saturday matchups between the Seahawks, Niners, and Chargers, and Jaguars. And we'll continue on with the show. So I divided or decided to divide the games up into three separate shows. One, because I wanted more shows. I'm just kidding. In reality, I think it was best. You know, I did the Thursday night special. I did, you know, some Saturday specials, depending on the NFL games. And so it really gives time to focus on those matchups compared to one big episode, which is great. But also at the same time, it's also nice to kind of have individuality. I cannot speak today. Um, And to kind of go a different direction there. But anyways, guys, how it's going to work is it's going to work almost exactly like a Thursday night special, except I'll go over their season, maybe go over some stats, highlights, etc. for each team, and then two keys to success for both sides, and then I'll flip it over to the other team and then give you my prediction. So it should be a relatively quick show. Instead of doing one big show, you know, these small shows do end up being a little bit better so we're going to go ahead and jump into it starting off with the first game in wildcard weekend the seattle seahawks traveling to take on the san francisco 49ers if you were a seattle seahawks fan i think it'd be safe to say you were not expecting to make the playoffs this postseason you were expecting to begin the rebuilding phase with getting rid of russell wilson geno smith probably the front runner in my opinion for comeback player of the year um, he played phenomenal this year had a great year for the seattle seahawks on passing and uh, rushing he had a completion percentage of 70 percent had 4,282 yards 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions there on the receiving side metcalf and lockett both had over a thousand yards metcalf had six touchdowns and Tyler Lockett had nine. So going into the season when I did my Seattle Seahawks preview, I did say that that was going to be the takeaways for the Seahawks was getting Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf going. Obviously, I mean, it makes sense, but still um, the vast majority of it. Woolen, Tyreek Woolen, the cornerback, did have six interceptions to lead the team. Kobe Bryant as well as Taylor. Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor did have four forced fumbles. And on the defensive side, Jordan Brooks had 103 tackles when he injured his ACL, or I should say before he injured his ACL, um, but did end up leading the team there. So overall, it was a pretty solid year for the Seattle Seahawks. Actually, it was a great year for the Seattle Seahawks. They played great as far as ranks, 9th in total yards, 11th in passing yards, 18th in rushing yards, 9th in points, 20th in third down percentage on the offensive side. And on the defensive side, 28th in total yards, 13th in passing yards, 30th in rushing yards, 25th in points, and 27 on third down percentage. So obviously a much better offense than the defense. 
And honestly, that was a bit surprising. I think a lot of people were expecting the defense to be better, even if the defense wasn't great. One of the big reasons why they thought the defense would be better was just getting rid of Russell Wilson and that Seattle Seahawks offense really as a whole. Although they did keep Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, there was a lot of uncertainty at the running back position with Kenneth Walker, DJ Dallas, guys like that, um, to really kind of fill in that role and have success that way. But like I said, it was a great season for the Seattle Seahawks. They are sitting with a 9-8 record. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers had an interesting year to say the least. They are 13-4, first in the NFC West, are on a 10-game winning streak. Gotta give them credit after starting off the year 3-4. and four, They won their next 10 games, currently perfect with Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy at the quarterback position. Taking a look at their season, their last loss they had was to the Chiefs, where they lost 44-23, to beating teams on that 10-game win streak, including teams like the Dolphins, killing the Buccaneers, winning at Seattle, winning against the Commanders, Raiders, even the Cardinals for that matter. So, great season as far as their schedule was concerned, played very efficiently. And when Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Trey Lance did go down with those injuries, a lot of people were thinking that their season was over, and respectively so. But Brock Purdy has played great. Um, you know, honestly, you'd probably like maybe a little bit more. Well, I guess I shouldn't say a little bit more. You were expecting a little bit less from Brock Purdy, but with a surrounding cast like they have, it's definitely obviously noticeable why they had success. As far as Brock Purdy this season, 67.1 completion percentage, 1,374 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. Brandon Ayuk had 78 receptions to lead the team, as well as 1,015 yards and 8 touchdowns. George Kittle did have 11 touchdowns, though, with 60 receptions, 765 yards. McCaffrey led the team in rushing 157 attempts, 746 yards, and 6 rushing touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell had 2 rushing touchdowns in the final week of the season. Spread their wealth very much with rushing. Coleman, Juszczyk, McLeod, Purdy, Garoppolo even, all had rushing touchdowns, as well as Mason Samuel. So, Getting those jet sweeps and, and getting the general gist of it was obviously a key to the 49ers' success. you got to give credit where credit's due. Phenomenal game plan there by Kyle Shanahan. Tackle-wise, you're definitely going to give credit to Drake Greenlaw. He had 82 tackles on the year. Fred Warner was right behind him at 79. And Talonia Hufunga did also have 65 tackles on the season. As far as takeaways, Tashawn Gibson, 5 interceptions, Hufunga 4, Jimmy Ward, 3 interceptions. Forced fumbles belongs to Nick Bosa, Dre Green Greenlaw, and Hufunga once again. And overall, it was a great look. Stats are concerned for the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of great fantasy players that had success ultimately throughout the game. Or season, I should say. As far as ranks, offense, total yards, 377. That was 8th. 13th in passing yards, 8th in rushing yards, 6th in points, and 6th in third down percentage. The biggest success for the 49ers this season, though, was their total yards, 318.6 given up, which was 1st in the NFL, also 1st in giving up 16.3 points, and 2nd in rushing yards at 77.7. They did get a little bit humiliated in the air with passing yards. Um, they finished 20th in that category, 222.9. And that concerns me, uh, going into a matchup against Seattle. And then third down percentage, 39% to finish 16th. 
Another great season for the 49ers. Obviously, they played great. They played great in front of their home fans. They got another opportunity to face the Seattle Seahawks. We mentioned that previous meeting as far as their win streak was concerned. Um, you know, going against the 49ers, losing 21 to 13. They also lost to them in week two, 27 to 7. So obviously the Seahawks are going to be wanting their revenge. This is going to be a great game. I'm going to go with the Seahawks beating the 49ers. I know I'm going to get a lot of shade for that and a lot of hate. There is one team that the all the NFL teams do not want to face, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Being with their third string quarterback and being the two seed in the NFC, you obviously seeing where they're at as far as third string quarterback and a 13 and 4 record in their correlation. It's how their team was built. Having a great general manager as well as great leadership has provided an opportunity for the 49ers to contend for a Super Bowl once again. My one down spot with the 49ers, and obviously statistically, is their passing attack. And Geno Smith has faltered a little bit in the passing attack, hence a little bit why they've had a little bit of troubles on the offensive side. I think this game is going to come down to the wire. I think the 49ers are going to put up a good fight, but the Seattle Seahawks are going to rock away with the win and start the season or the postseason with it being the first game 1-0 and heading on to take Philadelphia in the next round. Taking a look at our next matchup we have here in the playoff picture, it is going to be the Chargers taking on the Jaguars. Five versus four in the AFC. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Los Angeles Chargers so far this season and preview the rest of their postseason moving forward. They finished with a 10-7 and record, which gave them the number five seed with the Chiefs winning and being the number one overall seed in the AFC. As far as their schedule is concerned and the games that they've played as of late, they're obviously on that one-game losing streak, losing to Denver, um, which didn't really matter because they had the five seed locked up. They had some wins against some AFC opponents in the AFC South, like the Titans and the Colts. Tough losses to the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Seahawks, as well as the Char uh, Jaguars in Week 3. So looking at all the teams that they lost to this season, besides the Raiders and the Broncos, I guess that point was really not valid, they played good. Uh, they played really well. big reason for that success was the ability of Austin Eckler to not only stay healthy, but get very active in running the football as well as pass or, uh, catching the football. Herbert the Pervert this season, a 68.2% completion percentage, 4,739 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions on the season. Receiving belongs to Austin Eckler, which is kind of insane to think about. 107 receptions, 722 yards. Now, granted, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams did deal with some injuries, but Eckler led the team in receiving touchdowns, receptions, and not receiving yards, but almost receiving yards, but definitely receptions by a good amount, 35 for that matter. Keenan Allen, 66. Mike Williams, 63 receptions. Keenan Allen, 752 yards. Mike Williams, 895 yards. And both had four touchdowns receiving. Eckler was obviously the lead force running the football as well. 204 attempts, 915 yards rushing, and 13 touchdowns on the year. And on the defensive side, Tranquil had 93 tackles. Derwin James had 64. And Kenneth Murray did have 50 defensive stops or tackles. Callahan had three interceptions, Adderley, James, and Asante Samuel, two interceptions. Duran James, Khalil Mack, two forced fumbles. And overall, it was a great season for the Los Angeles Chargers. Nothing to hang their head about. Obviously, the Chargers play an interesting style as far as they like to really focus on passing the football um, and getting their running back more involved in that aspect of the game compared to um, not running the football and you know playing a different style of game. 
Offensive stats, total yards, they finished 10th. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit of a disappointment if you're a Chargers fan just because you pride yourself so much on passing the football and uh, getting, you know, their uh, players going. But finished 10th in that, 3rd in passing yards, 30th in rushing yards, that's expected, 13th in points, and 8th in 3rd down percentage. Defensively, 20th in total yards, 7th in passing yards, 28th in rushing yards, 21st in points, and 39.2% on third down. Chargers played their style of football. They made the postseason after having that heartbreak um, you know, against the Raiders, losing that game when they had a chance to tie, and both of them make it. So interesting season for the Chargers there, but they've been playing great, and they're going into Jacksonville feeling pretty good about themselves. Flip side, let's go ahead and take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars came from absolute rock bottom and made their way to be the AFC South champions with a 9-8 and record, are on a five-game winning streak and playing great football as of late. Including their wins in the five-game losing streak to the Titans, Texans, Jets, Cowboys, and Titans once again, they also beat teams like the Ravens, the Raiders. Um, those were big wins for them there. They went on a five-game losing streak, beat the Colts, beat the Chargers, killed the Chargers on the road. There was a lot of expectations with the Jaguars team that was much improved, and now they get to host a playoff game. Trevor Lawrence, still relatively young in his career, still learning the ins and outs of the system, has really progressed as a football player and as a quarterback and has helped that team guide them in the right direction. So a great season from that standpoint. Trevor Lawrence passing the ball did have a 66.3% completion percentage, 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions on the year. Christian Kirk, 84 receptions, 1,108 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Zay Jones, 82 receptions, 823 yards, and 5 receiving touchdowns. Travis Etienne, 220 attempts, 1,125 yards, 5 touchdowns. Lawrence also had 5 rushing touchdowns. There was a lot of discussions with Etienne and James Robinson. James Robinson obviously got dealt to a different team, the Jets, um, and so they really freed up Travis Etienne to have success. Foyside, Aluakon, 128 tackles for him. He definitely led the team, um, you know, throughout the entire season. Campbell, Tyson Campbell, as well as Cisco, Jenkins, and Devin Lloyd all had three interceptions. Jonathan Allen, Josh Allen, and not the quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, Rashad, Rashawn Jenkins um, all had good forced fumble numbers. Allen four, Jenkins three. And overall, it was a great season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going into this matchup feeling good about themselves. And I think this game is going to come down to multiple things. As far as team stats for the Jaguars this season, pretty good offensive numbers, not the greatest defensive numbers. 11th in total yards, 10th in passing yards, 14th in rushing yards, 10th in points, and 9th in third down percentage. Defensively, they were 23rd in total yards, 28th in passing yards, 12th in rushing yards, 12th in points, and 29th in third down percentage on the defensive side. You have a lot to be excited about if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan because you are definitely not expected to make the postseason, especially being with a 4-8 and record and winning your next five games to end up winning the division, I definitely think exceeds expectations. The Jaguars are still relatively young, so obviously they're going to be continuing to move forward. And going to this matchup against the, um, the Chargers, they're going to have to do a really good job of stopping Herbert and the passing attack. I mentioned they're 28th in passing yards giving up. The Los Angeles Chargers love to pass the football, so it's almost like a mano-a-mano difficult situation for the Jaguars to have success in um, and trying to stop them. But if they're able to stop them, I do believe they're going to come away with a victory, and I do think they're going to win this game at home. I think a lot of people are betting on the Chargers to win this game. 
I'm not. I'm betting on the Jaguars to win. I think the Jaguars are here. I think they're legit. And uh, boy, will you guys be surprised if I have the Jaguars going to the Super Bowl. I guess you'll have to stay tuned to a later episode to figure out that. But it should be a good game, a good slate of games here on Saturday. Just two games. Another interesting show just because, like I mentioned, um, there obviously is a different landscape to these podcasts than I anticipated but I do hope you guys did enjoy it if you guys did make sure you follow the truth on Twitter at the truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth including podcast dates podcast uploads and other important information of value until next time I'm your host the one you love the most Niall Hessen signing out take care and good night Oh my gosh, I'm the worst podcast driver. I know I just signed off, but I totally forgot to give you guys my updated bracket, or I guess I should say my full bracket, hoping that there's going to be no adjustments to it. Now, obviously, my divisional round, conference round, and Super Bowl will probably change as far as matchups are concerned, but I will have the Bengals beating the Ravens as well as the Bills beating the Dolphins, and on the flip side, the Vikings beating the Giants and the Buccaneers beating the Cowboys. So on the AFC side, that would leave a matchup between the number one seed Kansas City versus Jacksonville and Cincinnati, the three seed taking on the two seed Buffalo. I'm going to go with Jacksonville and Buffalo winning, so Jacksonville and Buffalo would be in the AFC Championship. The Buffalo Bills will move on to the Super Bowl. On the NFC side, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Eagles winning and I'm going to go with the Vikings. Sorry, I was reading my thing wrong. Vikings beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So in the NFC Championship game, it will be Philadelphia versus the Minnesota Vikings, and the Minnesota Vikings will win and go to the Super Bowl. Bills versus Vikings, the Bills win the Super Bowl, and I cry myself to sleep. Okay, now bye for now.